and welcome to NSDA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kirk Mackison, Executive Director, and pleased to be joined today by Wes Platt, Executive Editor of School Bus Fleet. And Wes has been a previous guest at NSDA The Bus Stop. So, hey, Wes, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me again. No, listen, our pleasure. So for folks who maybe perhaps and why wouldn't they listen to the NSJ The Bus Stop podcast on a regular basis, but in case they've missed previous episodes where you've been a guest, can you tell those listeners a little bit about School Bus Fleet? Absolutely. Yeah, School Bus Fleet is a, a magazine and online website uh, all about school transportation from you know contractors to uh, public bus uh, operations at school districts tricks, really running the gamut. And uh, lately in the last few years, of course, we've been covering a lot of uh, federal funding uh, for school buses, for new technologies. Um, that pretty much covers it. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, in the in the run up to the to the podcast, we generally have a, an opportunity to talk a little bit. And, um, you, you know, we briefly touched upon, um, you know, your role as executive editor and that's kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. But I guess my first question for you, Wes, is because it escapes me at this point, how long have you been with the uh, school bus fleet? And I'm sure it's longer than than I think. Um, I don't know. It may not be. I've uh, been the editor for school bus fleet uh, for a couple of years now, started in uh, August of 2021. And so we're closing in on two years uh, this summer. Uh, and it and I can tell you, oddly enough, I don't think I knew that there was a school bus related magazine before mm. I got this opportunity. Uh, when I reached out to Bobbitt uh, and talked to them about doing some freelance work, and they looked at my resume and said, "You do not need to be doing freelance work. <laughs> you need to be coming in <laughs> and, and and working full time for us." So um, I was uh, really excited because I've got school aged kids. Uh, right now, we live too close to our schools, really, to make somebody come pick them up in a bus. But <laughs> my 10-year-old will be in middle school next year, uh, and I am pretty sure that I am not going to be splitting my time driving between the elementary school and the middle school, which is further away. He's probably going to be on that bus, and it's really nice to kind of be connected into that world and see what's going on and uh, kind of have a sense of it. And actually, recently, I was at a career day at my kid's school uh, talking about working at School Bus Fleet Magazine. And they were, all, I was surprised by how many of the kids had questions about bus safety, bus construction. Uh, you know, it, it was really neat. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great to be part of it. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's interesting, but I will remind you, Wes, that the child is seven times safer on a school bus than driving to school with a parent or being driven by themselves or any other method of getting that person to and from school, including walking or biking too. So not only yeah. are you, um, <laughs> you, you know, also um, representing uh, student transportation, it also is the safest method to get your child to school. So I applaud you um, in both cases on that. Now, you know, we touched on it briefly, but, you know, in terms of what you do day to day at um you know, school bus fleet, you know, give us a peek behind the curtain, Wes. Uh, what do your days look like as executive editor? Sure. I mean, generally, I start the day checking my inbox. 
uh, for news that's coming in. And in fact, I got this NSTA press release that just came in, uh, which I'm sure we'll be talking about a bit later. Um, but uh, generally, I'm uh, fishing for news in the morning. If uh, you know there's press releases out there, uh, I'm usually checking into those and trying to assign those to my uh, colleagues on the editorial team. Uh, and if they're too busy, then I'll uh, handle it. But we're also working on features. Uh, we have, I think, 10 print issues currently each year. Uh, and we've got one coming up in uh, August that we're working on now, uh, which is going to include our photo contest, um, which uh, is always fun uh, to work on that. Um, so generally, day to day, I'm working on press releases, putting those together, working on features, uh, having meetings with my fellow editors, uh, kind of sharing ideas, bouncing stuff around. Uh, and uh, honestly, uh, the last six months or so, a lot of it has been looking at analytics uh, and and social media metrics, doing a lot of that work. Um, so it's a lot more involved than uh, my early newspaper days where it was, you come in, you find the news, you interview people, you put the stories together, you send them to your editorial desk. Uh, the paper comes out the next day and you just keep moving on. We still have that, but there's a lot more technologically going on. Yeah, I want to drive the, that click rate for you know for sure. Now, uh, speaking of doing that, one of the big issues around the school bus world has been, you know, the opening of the clean school bus program. I guess it's been over a month now since it opened in late April. But uh, what have you been hearing about the uh, most recent round of applications? Uh, I, I think they're uh, definitely trying to drive uh, interest in it. We just had a webinar for School Bus Fleet. Uh, if people want to check it out, it's at schoolbusfleet.com slash webinars, talking about all fuel fleets, so not just electric, but CNG and propane uh, as well. Um, and it, it seems like, again, there's a lot of interest in it. It's very focused uh, this time around on grants uh, for high-need locations. And they've kind of got this new uh, mechanic to it where you can either do it as a single district applying or as multiple districts kind of working together, uh, which I think has some benefit to it. Um, and I think the deadline for that is August 22nd for this one. And then sometime this fall, uh, there's some talk, I haven't heard all the details yet, but there's some talk of another rebate uh, opportunity. So I'm guessing that's where the rest of the the billion dollars for this year may be coming from. Yeah, and um, my understanding is that this this round, so we'll call it round two, is mm -hmm. probably at four hundred four hundred million. Uh, yeah, four hundred million dollars. So to your point, uh, perhaps on the horizon there's another six hundred million um, in school bus rebate, probably sometime this fall. That that's what I'm expecting, unless they're going to surprise us and say, no, we're just going to have six hundred million dollars worth of grants. But um, I, I anticipate that. I mean, uh, Clayton over at the EPA during our webinar uh, specifically mentioned the fall rebate uh, opportunity. Right. So, yeah, I think yeah for folks who uh, aren't able to put something together for August 22nd um, or maybe if they're coming from someplace that's not as uh, high need. Um, that may be the opportunity for them in the fall. Yeah, and and this one's a competitive grant program. I mean, there's yeah. a minimum of 25 buses. So, yeah, I, I think it's geared more towards uh, large operations. Um, so, yeah, so we'll be looking also um, for 
you know, kind of that um, rebate opportunity in the fall, because that appears to be a little less cumbersome for some of the smaller operators. Yeah, agreed. Um, so uh, another uh, big issue in student transportation has been, uh, what are we going to do about all these illegal school bus passing? Um, and, you know, NSTA had this issue at its uh, Capitol Hill bus in as a real focal point. Um, we recently got some uh, good news in terms of uh, Jackie Walorski's replacement, Rudy Yakum in Indiana District 2, introducing a bill in her um, honor and memory, um, Jackie Walorski enhancing necessary uh, data on illegal school bus passing act. So that's the end END illegal school bus passing act. Um, what, what are you hearing in the field as far as this issue goes? Uh, it's chronic, uh, as I'm sure you've heard. I mean, it's, and some of it is just ignorance on the part of drivers. I'm not saying they're ignorant and stupid. I'm just ignorant. They just don't know. Um, or they're just not aware, even though when we get our driver's license in North Carolina, for example, there's specific questions that you have to answer. But, you know, people get busy. They're in a hurry. They're not thinking. They're looking at their phones. There's so many things kind of distracting um, that you can kind of see the, you know, why sometimes this happens. Not not excusing it, just saying you can kind of see why. Um but it does. It continues. And, uh, you know, in some I mean, I have I, there have been a few situations uh, just here in North Carolina where I've seen video of, you know, school bus stopping early in the morning to pick somebody up. The kids crossing the road and somebody just barely misses them. Not, and this is somebody who was not it's not that they weren't paying attention. If they weren't paying attention, they would have slammed into the back of the bus. They actively passed the bus because they wanted to get somewhere. And those are the folks that really frustrate me is just you know, you're willfully uh, and flagrantly uh, defying the law on that one and putting kids at risk. So uh, but those are uh, very dramatic incidents. I think they're, um, you know, probably just day to day. There are a lot of non close calls, but people still passing, not realizing what they're doing. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, we've we've written about that idea of you. I mean, obviously more communication, trying to get the word out uh, to people, but you've got to reach them where they're at. And I don't know necessarily how they do that. I mean, uh, one of the things I'm interested in seeing more development of is that idea of connected vehicles, of uh, your car basically being notified that hey, there's a school bus up ahead. Um, you need to pay attention, slow down, get kind of alarm going off that tells you pay attention. Um, so maybe there's a technological assist you can get. I don't know if it's a fix, really, but um, yeah, it's definitely a concern. Yeah, and I think with that, at some point, you know, in the future, you, you know, the the vehicles will actually talk to each other, and um, it could possibly engage an automatic braking system automatically. That yeah. would obviously be that would be you know, the best case. Yeah, that right. That would be the best case scenario. But since we're probably a long way away from that, um, I was interested to hear your comment of, of people who kind of willfully engage in this behavior, despite the fact that there is a stop arm 
out there with a stop sign, they'd still choose to pass the bus. So, um, you know, you know, one of the things about this latest iteration um, in the and illegal passing act is that um, I think as an organization we agree with you. We have to meet people where they are. We can throw our hands up in the air all we want and say this is a, a chronic problem. It's reached epidemic proportions, but that doesn't help us stop it. Um, and, and so a big piece of the new Rudy Yakim bill who um, has Julia Brownlee, uh, one of the original co-sponsors of Stop Act, as his, his co-sponsor, is to do that robust, you know, PSA public service announcement campaign um, around these illegal passings and the stop arm and stopping and making sure that there is now, I think, a stigma attached to the illegal passing of a school bus. Um, rather than as it is now, it's just like, okay, yeah, that person kind of, uh, screwed up, but we, we all kind of move on with our day. And to your point earlier, we don't know how many, you know, obviously we know when there's a tragic accident, but we don't know how Mm -hmm. many close calls there are in a given day. And so, um, you know, what are your thoughts on a robust PSA campaign similar to click it or ticket? as a way to get this message really out to the general motoring public. Yeah, I, I think it's a good message to get out there. And I think that any way that you can kind of try to get that out there and let people, uh, I don't know, have it put in their faces that this is, a, this is something that's important uh, and it's critical. We're protecting kids. Um, it seems like a no brainer. Um, but right. I mean, at this, at the same time, I've seen news stories about, uh, school transportation officials, uh, some state officials uh, got in trouble once passing a school bus <laughs> that was uh, under the. So it's like even the people who should know better um, fall prey right. to this sometimes. And I, I think it's kind of a human nature thing. Um, it's almost kind of when you're thinking about seatbelts in cars. Uh, I know that when I was a kid, we didn't really wear seatbelts in cars. And now mm-hmm. it's second nature. I just I think about I, I don't know. Um, I It has to be something that kind of gets ingrained in people. And you would think by now, buses have been on the road for so long. Uh, you know, we've all been driving. Uh, we've all seen them during the school year. We should be aware of these things and know that when we, especially when we see those stop arms flashing. I mean, I, I get it when you go, okay, the stop arm's not out. I can still make it pass. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. All right. You get a pass on that one. But when you see the stop arm out there, it's, it really just does. I think we, we run into that problem of where we're at with technology. You're talking on your phone. You're maybe even looking at your phone. You're not really paying attention, let alone the school bus, the rest of the traffic around you. You're lucky if you don't run a red light. Uh, you know, you see people doing this distracted driving thing all the time. Uh, it's, it's, uh, a little bit scary. I am optimistic that, getting more of a message out there to more people will help. I mean, if it gets one person to stop doing it, right, that's a benefit. Um, you might save a kid's life or save them from getting hurt. So I, I can't say anything wrong with it. Uh, I just uh, am cautiously optimistic, I guess, on on yeah. how well 
and how far it'll reach and how how much immediate impact it'll have. Right. So uh, we're talking about millions of these uh, illegal passings happening each year based on uh, you know extrapolating the survey numbers uh, that NASDIPS has done. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of wait and see, but I think it's better than doing nothing. Right, for sure. Um, switching gears here a little bit, um, something has really come up and uh, come up quickly on the student transportation landscape is that GPT. Um, so I, I guess mm-hmm. my question for you is like, this is kind of catching on like wildfire. And um, so what have you seen in the field uh, about its application? Well, what I've been uh, looking at initially, and I'm trying to find out if there, for example, I'm kind of wondering if out in the school districts and contractor operations, I mean, ChatGPT potentially has some applications for helping organize uh, and make efficiencies and routing and that sort of thing. Um, but it, it, to do that, it requires you to input data. Um, and I'm curious, of course, always about the data security uh, that goes into that. So, you know, don't know what how good an idea is it to, to feed uh, your private student information and destinations and all that stuff into ChatGPT because you kind of have to uh, in order to get ChatGPT to do that sort of work for you. Um, but what I'm finding right now is that it's really good at helping you organize and generate some ideas and scenarios, things that, um, you know, for example, I've been getting it to tell me things about, you know, what are some good uh, prompts uh, in ChatGPT for maintenance directors and for transportation directors, developing a communication plan. Uh, you know, what do you need to put together for that? And it has a pretty big, uh, you know, uh, capacity for uh, the information it's collected in the past to kind of give you some uh, some input uh, and insights that may prove pretty useful. Um, I don't know, you know certainly it's not going to solve the driver shortage problem uh, and it can't fix a bus for you, but it might help you organize uh, an inspection schedule. Uh, it might help you uh, determine how best to get parents engaged, you know, coming up with some step-by-step uh, things to get parents involved in their, the transportation planning for their kids. Um, there are a lot of different things that are kind of out there, um, but I am definitely interested to hear uh, from other folks who have been using it uh, more intensely, because I'm really just using the research version where, uh, you know, I'm not paying a subscription fee or anything like that to get any of the, the real bells and whistles that go with it. Um, but I'm definitely curious to hear from those who have. Yeah, for sure. Um, lots of great uh, information on this podcast. There is one thing I want to cover uh, before we conclude, and that's uh, the top contractors of 2023. And that's a, a school bus fleet list. So, Wes, can you tell us a little bit about development of the list? Yeah, sure. Um, every year, the contractor of uh, we develop our contractor um, top contractors of the year. Uh, we're also getting our uh, nominations for contractor of the year, um, and they they're kind of separate animals, uh, but they both come out in the same contractor issue uh, for June and July. Uh, and the top contractor fleets uh, survey. 
uh, goes out to everybody on the school bus fleet mailing list. And we also post about it uh, on the website, on social media. And it's a voluntary thing. So contractor fleets that want to participate send us their information. They tell us the size of their fleets, how many contracts they've got, how many students they're transporting, uh, where they're at. Uh, and based on that survey, uh, we are able to determine the the top uh, fleets, the biggest fleets with the, the most students, the most contracts, uh, the most vehicles. Um, and the... Uh, uh, the survey that we put out, or sorry, the, the the list we put out is like the top 25 uh, each year. And for the couple of years that I've been doing it so far, um, without fail, we'll hear from people who didn't get to participate in the survey, but want to be represented in it. So after the fact, if people see the list and go, oh, we should be in the top 10 because we have 500 buses or whatever, then they can always reach out to me. Uh, and 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 they do. And we can update the list and make sure they're represented. Um, but I would just recommend everybody uh, pay attention to your email boxes if you subscribe to School Bus Fleet. Uh, if you don't subscribe to School Bus Fleet, please do, uh, at least to our e-newsletters uh, and everything on the website, so that you will get those notifications, or at least pay attention uh, around May and June. That's when the survey usually goes out. Uh, usually it's early May. Um, and participate in that survey. We want it to be as uh, representative as possible with as many participants as possible. Um, so uh, that always makes it better, gives us better information. And, you know, where can folks go to, to you know, to get on your various mailing lists and, and to look up, um, you know, what your offerings are? Yeah, head to schoolbusfleet.com. And there should be a, a newsletter sign up on the right side of the page. Uh, and our newsletters come out every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we try not to be too uh, crazy and spammy. We just give people updates on what's been on the website. And uh, you are pretty much guaranteed during survey time to see that post showing up in the newsletter. So it links directly to it. You'd be able to go and sign up and fill it out. Excellent. Once again, our guest at NSDA, the bus stop this week, Wes Platt. He is executive editor over at School Bus Fleet. And Wes, you'll be in Pittsburgh for the annual meeting and convention, right? Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Hoping to uh, to see everybody again out there. Uh, had a great time in Niagara Falls last year. So, yeah, should be great. All right. Well, thanks for taking a couple minutes and looking forward to seeing you in Pittsburgh. All right, man. Anytime. Thanks a lot.